0: Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace,
1: and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. When I was kind of trapped in my karma, when I was trapped in my shit, yeah. I remembered every minutia of this is what I wore this is what I did this is Mm -hmm. how I acted this is how they reacted because I was using those bits in order to try and manipulate the next outcome okay whereas I guess now because I'm much more in the what do I feel like doing in this moment kind of vibe (laughs) but when I look back Mm -hmm. I don't remember those things yeah and it's weird like I was saying to you yesterday how I know I was in a lot of pain I know I was really miserable. I know I was suicidal. I know all the things that are documented on all these podcasts that we've been putting out, Mm
0: -hmm. but I don't remember it as
1: well anymore.
0: Which is a great sign. What does that mean though? (laughs) It means that you've healed all those parts of you that needed healing. And because we only remember the things that need healing. That need us to look at, that need us to sort of examine and hold on to.
1: Because they're asking us to remember ourselves, which is put us back together.
0: Precisely. And, you know, there's that old adage, if you know, if you don't learn from history, you're condemned to repeat it. Yeah, which we spoke
1: about in one of our previous episodes.
0: Did we? Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember.
1: Shocker. (laughs)
0: There is some truth to that because we do need to refer to the past, our past, our individual past, in order to really understand how we got into the shit we are, right? Because those our our patterns, our past patterns and behaviors are always going to point to our current bullshit, right? So then basically that phrase effectively
1: means history will be condemned to repeat itself until we take responsibility for it and heal it.
0: Yeah. Until we really understand how we got... Yeah. Where we are, right? But once we've healed that on an individual level, we don't need it anymore. I mean, sure, we can sort of remember it if we choose. I mean, it's not as if we're, you know, you take some magic pill and, you know, you just forget it all. But it's not going to carry the same weight or significance, Mm. as you said. It just means nothing to you. But at the same
1: time, I have to say that I noticed because obviously I had so many mishaps in my romantic life Mm -hmm. when I start for example to engage with someone in a more emotional capacity Mm -hmm. I find that I remember being let's say things not working out yeah you know that's the like there are I remember the pattern Mm -hmm. whether or not I remember the specific instances and I do see myself reacting to the pattern in a way that actually I wouldn't do if I was more open-hearted if that makes sense
0: Yes. And that's because the emotional body remembers the most. That's the one that's the out. And then because we've experienced that pain, Mm. I mean, there's, there's a lot documented around pain, trauma, and what that does to the body and what that does to the brain. So we, we literally wire ourselves to not have to experience that again. So when you're engaging with somebody in a more vulnerable way, or you're being asked to trust a situation that you felt like has gotten you into trouble in the past. Everything kind of goes back to, but this is going against the way I was wired or yeah. I had wired myself for,
1: right? 100%. Yeah. So what do we do?
0: What do you do? Yeah. You do the thing that you wouldn't normally do, right?
1: You try something different to see if you have a different outcome. You exactly. trust yourself.
0: Yeah. You trust yourself that you're going to survive whatever happens.
1: So like. Because you
0: did before, right? Yeah.
1: And so therefore, it might turn out differently because you're different. Yes. So you just basically take a chance on something different. You don't expect anything different. You just take a chance on something different.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And as you can attest to, the more you do that, the more you start to see outcomes become quite different, right? They might at different points, especially just out of your karma. So in the very early stages, the outcomes might differ only slightly. But the more you move away from that because you're stronger, you have more experience, you're doing more, the outcomes tend to be even more different mm. right until you're really probably not even engaging in the same way you used to and have you noticed that
1: yeah 100 percent.
0: exactly so like in the beginning because you don't really know any differently you're pretty much engaging in the same way which is why it's all so familiar and you keep responding similarly yeah because I,
1: I, i'm reacting in the same way
0: yeah but yeah. the more empowered you are the more you've moved out of your karma and divested yourself of the ego because remember it's the ego that loves the familiar the ego wants to operate within the box yeah But once you've crushed the ego, as in eliminated the box, you've burned down the house effectively, everything gets to be different. And so that's why you can honestly say now, a few years later, your life looks different. That's why. Yeah. And so when we're kind of understanding it, here we go. Let's just expand this out to globally. (laughs) So if you've shifted out of that individually, then you can see how the world is working on that too. Right. How global events are the way they are because we're having to burn down the house. So that way we can operate from a different space.
1: So X doesn't equal Y anymore. X can equal anything.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But
1: in a world where everything's based on kind of separation and very strict rules and outcomes, Mm -hmm. we don't allow for the possibility of anything other than Y.
0: There's so, no other possibility other no. than why it so has got never it been that down the.: that way. Way. Exactly.
1: Which means to see governments differently, see money differently, see religion differently, see faith differently, see all the things that would have somehow kept us locked in a fear or an identity mm-hmm. differently, so that we could actually act differently, therefore live differently too.
0: Exactly. And that's when history does become irrelevant. And my teacher, Ellen, said this decades ago. And I still, like, I know I have shared that it still blew my mind as somebody who studied history. That's what my undergraduate degree is in. I mean, I can think of so many historical events, and I could say, well, but here we are still playing through that. But That's precisely why. It's because we're still having to work it out on all the different deep layers. But you understand and you, you know what that is like when you've done it for yourself.
1: Yes, 100 So your
0: perspective around what is happening in the greater, larger Mm. world becomes a lot more different. Like it becomes so much more expanded when you've done it for yourself. Yes. So you can see your place in that.
1: There were certain things I'd always do one after the other. When I was locked in my karma, it was always be quite defensive, manipulate situations in order to ensure desired outcomes, which never happened anyway. So what a waste of energy. (laughs) And then because they never happened, I thought I wasn't good enough. And then the cycle began again and again and Mm -hmm. again, right? That was in my karma. When I started to get out of it, I started speaking more my my truth. Whether Mm -hmm. it was someone else's truth, who knows? It was a truth of some kind, you know, however I felt. And that was always... That always comprised of extremely lengthy emo messages (laughs) to anyone.
0: I was going to say, you were just becoming an expert in self-expression.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's
0: really important to be rather forgiving yeah. and compassionate during that time because yeah. you're just processing yeah. a whole lot of like a host of emotions yeah. and thoughts that were just buried beneath the surface for far too long. Now, for example, the stuff
1: that I used to always do in order to keep myself safe, I don't remember what they are to a degree. Yeah. And I guess Now, when I watch other people kind of in my life doing something similar, Mm -hmm. I know that they will kind of, they're going through the process that I went through, but, and the more individuals who go through that, the more as a collective, we go through that too.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we're all kind of, the visual I got was sort of like, we're all kind of like hanging on the ledge, right? And little by little, we're having to lift our fingers off one by one. Until we fall, only to see that we can catch ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. That we are going to land on our feet, but everything actually looks so far away that if we fall, we're going to die.
1: It's funny. I was thinking about this yesterday and today Hmm. because... I remember every single time it came the moment to make a big choice, or what I thought was a big choice at the time. (laughs) I do recall. And it was like (laughs) tears and freak outs and like clinging on to like my mother's leg before school, you know, kind of style. And then then I'd make the choice eventually and I'd be like, oh, oh, it's just a bit better than it was before. Not what I thought at all. But right. that's very much linked to our fear of death, right? We think any change is going to wipe us out. Yeah. Rather than the seeing, actually, that every death is a new birth.
0: I mean, historically, it did wipe us out. I Which mean, is why
1: history isn't it is not relevant.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I mean, because it's embedded in our cell- cellular memory, even, that massive changes meant the destruction of our very being. You know what we were talking about? And I don't know if we've been talking about it in this, but I'm going to say it now,
1: about how consciousness effectively is being able to hold lots of different truths at once right in holding all of that at the same time it allows me just to trust in myself that when the right moment for me to say something in whatever way mm-hmm. will come yeah. and it will be of my benefit to have waited and maybe that's because I didn't I wasn't clear yet on my response mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't clear on what I needed or wanted or maybe I was I had something else to learn somewhere else that would benefit me later for, if for this en- engagement or whatever it is. Yeah. So I've kind of just learned to roll with the punches and know that there are a whole host of truths that are being held at the same time. And they all apply. Yeah. But what's interesting is where before, all those truths were actually pointing me to do something. Oh, oh yeah. the last time I didn't reply to, let's say, a text message, they disappeared. Or the last time I said this, they this or you know what I yeah. mean like I was holding so many different cause and effects within those truths yes. which were effectively just moments from the past mm-hmm. that they were not just dictating what I was going to do but they were overriding what I wanted to do because mm-hmm. I was allowing the the past to have precedence over my present and therefore I was still allowing the past to take, dictate my future
0: very well said and so what that so then what happens is that then we're forcing and when we start to force energy like that It's going to blow up in our faces. And I'm not saying, oh, well, then you take a pause because you're going to be afraid of the outcome. But when we lack trust that the outcome will be for our benefit, we are already creating an entirely different, undesirable outcome.
1: Well, I think that for two reasons, right? One, the simple fact is we have a hang up and a hangover, which I guess is why history, like in this case, really does need to die of doing something wrong and being punished. So mm-hmm. just as much as the polarity of good and bad, right and wrong, et cetera, yeah. we also have pass-fail, reward, mm. punishment. Yeah. And so I think that those sometimes those polarities
0: are the hardest ones to get out of. Well, they ways. are because it's how we've always operated. It's how a lot of our family systems operate. So we are so conditioned. Yeah.
1: From so, the, it's, yeah.
0: yeah. so it's hard to imagine that
1: actually what is for our betterment mm-hmm or what is better for us, or in our highest good, and all those things, isn't going to be some kind of tough love, or growing through pain, or we, it's hard to imagine that actually waiting for something, trusting oneself, Mm -hmm. could actually turn out to be the best fucking thing you ever did. Yeah. Because it just was worked out so beautifully, Mm -hmm. or worked out so perfectly. And it's that shift that we have to really start to like solidify some way. Which kind of brings me to my second point when you were talking about kind of the lack of trust and bringing the past into the future. Yes. Is that unless we let history die, we move history forward in time. Always. Always. Because if we're basing our actions on what happened, Mm -hmm. we are bringing the past into the future. Yeah. Therefore... Unless history can become redundant, Mm -hmm. we can't create anything new because it will always be based on it.
0: It will always be based on it. And we could be inadvertently recreating it over and over precisely because we keep wanting to quote unquote learn from it. Yes. So then it's, well, if it didn't work this way, then let's try the other way. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're constantly just going to be applying plan A, plan B, plan C. Like if this particular system didn't work and that failed miserably, let's try the other system. Right.
1: And that doesn't work because actually... What I've noticed personally, which I guess is then collectively and blah, blah, blah.
0: (laughs) I love how you blah, 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 divine stuff, but okay. (laughs) That's blah, 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 spirituality, because it's shit. (laughs) No, because it currently is. Yeah, it is shit. I mean, yes, there's a lot of bullshit to it. There's so much
1: polarity and there's so much pain. We need to kill polarity Mm -hmm. so that there is no bad, so that there is no pain, so that there is none of that stuff. Yes. Because as long as pain exists, pleasure always exists as in its opposite. Mm Mm-hmm. As long as bad exists, good exists in its opposite.
0: Yeah. We can't move forward without that. And which is why we've been cycling and cycling and cycling. And so we're, as we're cycling through yet another shitty era, Mm. if you will, this shittiness is meant to be the mother of all shittiness. To fucking finish shitty. Precisely. But what's happening Is that rather than really see it and hold it for what it is, which is the end of the shittiness, it's the like, okay, well, how can we fix this? Let's just go back to history and then just reapply another scenario or ideology and let's see if that one sticks.
1: Whereas really it's let's just accept that this does not work Mm -hmm. because something
0: new does precisely but we can only get there from the individual level because as we said 5D framework is built up of it comes through a, us exactly it's all the individuals living harmoniously yeah. and the reason why we don't need to bring anything from 3D or any of our separation bullshit or anything like that is because we actually and i don't mean just you and irea it's more that younger generations already carry the blueprint 4 5D. Mm. So rather than try to take everything that we learned from our rather warped history books anyway, which we know are all skewed towards, whichever, Sector. you know, wherever we live and whatever those sort of prevailing ideology is, is to allow for the new. And that's what's scary. The reason why so many of us cling to the past and cling to story is just because we need the familiar,
1: mm.
0: right? We need to heal what is unhealed, but we'd rather just look at all of that. Well, we else. need to know what's going to happen next.
1: Yeah. But what has ever happened next that we've enjoyed? <laughs> so, do we really want to know that that shitty thing's going to happen next, or do we want to hold the possibility that something amazing could happen
0: next instead? I mean, I will tell you, there are people who are so embedded in their in their shit, mm-hmm. people who are so embedded in their stories, and as a result, and not just the personal stories, but they've managed to wrap their personal stories around the bigger other stories right so that they've tied their karmic crap to the larger karmic crap because as i've explained before that you have your individual karma and then there's also collective karma so collective karma is just held by a larger group right or a nation state or something so when you've tied your karma to the collective karma it's a lot harder to get out of You're being propped up by that group just as much as you're propping up that group. So Mm. it becomes this kind of symbiotic, shitty relationship. So to pull oneself out of that relationship individually becomes even harder. Mm. And that's what we're really seeing is people become so much more nationalistic or patriotic or...
1: Because they want to feel part of a collective and to feel in harmony with other people. Yeah. Which makes sense because that's what the goal is, right? Like what I find is that we all have the intuition for where we're going, mm-hmm. but we're all skewing it to what we think it looks like. Yeah. So for example, if we're going towards harmony mm-hmm. and feeling united, people tend to then go to becoming patriotic or nationalistic or, uh, identifying with a certain group
0: mm-hmm. because
1: that's their version of harmony yes. and, you know, connected mm-hmm. when actually it's not, it's the theory that's not wrong. It's the practice.
0: It's the yes, application. Right? It, it, the,
1: the heart desire is, is real.
0: The heart but it's, desires, it's the, always. it's the
1: skewed by the, by, by the brain.
0: Right. Exactly. It's always going to be filtered through the ego, yeah. which wants that, right. Yeah. It wants the and familiar, the, it wants and the, the easy,
1: the easy, the easy one, X plus Y equals Z, as we said, you know, like, yeah. you know, when I think about, this is such a weird comment to throw in here, but when I think about a lot of the beliefs I held in my karma, they all turned out to be hundred percent right. <laughs> the person who was in their karma was never going to be loved. Therefore they were always unlovable. You know what I mean? The person in their karma felt that time was running out on her shit. It did. Mm -hmm. Like the person who was in their karma felt that love was one of the most important things in the world. She was right. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the things that I knew in my heart weren't wrong at all. Mm -hmm. It was just my application and my expectations and what I thought they meant Mm -hmm. was what fucked me. Because then I tried to put it in the
0: box. In the very limited way in which you could perceive, because that's part of the problem, right? Is the limited perspectives that people hold. Because it is very much like I can barely see three centimeters or, you know, one inch ahead of me. Yeah, Yeah. like that's pretty much where we're at in Mm. terms of our visibility Mm. within our own lives when we're really stuck in our karma as we said in the previous episode of the season when we talked about well there's only one truth that all things and everything is an extension of the divine Mm. because we are the divine Mm. so what we're effectively desiring is union with the divine Mm. is to come back to that so why
1: everyone's so horny (laughs) genuine
0: in part yeah (laughs) in part yeah Because that is when we experience union the most. But we, again, like everything else that's born out of 3D is just... We fucked it up. It's just all fucked. I mean, Mm -hmm. fucking is fucked, right? Like, it's just always going to be toxic and dysfunctional when we have toxic, dysfunctional relationship to ourselves or to trust or vulnerability. It's really actually a relationship to vulnerability that can also hurt. So when you talk about groupings, when you talk about kind of like sort of collective karma and stuff, the reason... (laughs) So I had no idea that we're, like, still labeling these, like, these incoming generations of children, right? Like, I... Well, everyone likes to label because that's how they sell shit. I just I can't I can't anymore like I just remember And also, how
1: do they identify themselves as special if they can't give themselves a label you can't say I'm me and then people go oh that's so special because that means nothing to anyone (laughs) you have to be able to say I am a diamond child from Arcturus (laughs) with pink nails and unicorn hair like otherwise people don't know your specialist
0: here we go again with the labeling I think because I remember Doreen talking about the crystal children and that's like pretty much where like that was the last I'd heard about these children and I hear about them in my own work from from time to time like I get information about them but I don't get labels so I, I'm personally convinced that these labels are just made up bullshit
1: hmm. because
0: I mean are we at some point going to run out of word the ruby do we children have, do
1: we have emerald children I don't know
0: we could just start calling them the emerald children well, and maybe that can I be an emerald on. child because my favorite stone is emerald I don't know sure
1: yes. <laughs> I am an emerald child from now on, I identify as Emerald.
0: <laughs> and what is your soul origin, Rhea? Sure. My
1: soul origin is uh, green. I don't even remember what my soul origin is. Oh, I do remember what my soul origin is. You told you me Like, what. Are you a
0: cruelty-free Emerald?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, obviously, always cruelty-free.
0: What I hear about the incoming generations and the children who have been born and who have yet to be born, and some of them are are waiting for particular conditions in order to come through.
1: Yeah, wait, wait a bit longer mates.
0: Is that they are the ones who will really establish 5D in this world? It's not us. And so
1: but we can live in 5D in advance of that.
0: Individually, as we said, and that's why you But know, that's you,
1: presumably they need us to do that because otherwise there's no 5D energy. Exactly, which is why some of
0: them are waiting mm. for conditions to be a certain way so that they can. Otherwise, mm. what's the point? That's why the birth rates are dropping. Mm souls are not going to come in if we continue this, you know, this prolonged protracted era of bullshit. What's the point? It's just, again, they're just going to be what recycling, you know, sort of 3d lives. Mm. They're a soul. If a soul is coming in for its growth and evolution, it's going to kind of hit pause until that growth and evolution is going to be enabled. Mm. Right. So as we're going through this kind of 3d to 5d experiment and whatever, you know, we're really going to have to sort of see how harmonious can we be with mm-hmm. one another yeah and then from there we can then begin to see that 5d blueprint emerge what well, makes sense because
1: you need a, if if the 5d energy is coming through us mm-hmm. you need to be able to have some of it hanging about before yeah. you can start building with it
0: yeah it's not. And whilst total... we
1: can live, I can live in five D. You can live in five D. Yeah. From what I understand, my world echoes it back to me on a very individual level, mm-hmm. and I just kind of have to tune out the rest, almost, or I just don't have any energy for it. Mm-hmm. But I guess the more people are living like that, yeah, with harmony and love and skipping mm-hmm. down a field, <laughs> then when it won't be such a jarring experience like this for for someone to come in and build something with that energy. Right. Because exactly. we're laying a foundation for them to grow it.
0: Exactly. I mean, we, we do have to establish enough of a framework, not the entire framework. Again, it can't come through us because we have lived in separation and polarity for too long. We're tainted. We are. And I'm not saying that we need to wait for the pure bloods, mm, but it will take kind of. several <laughs> It will take several generations because we need those who do not have a story or a history to repeat. Yeah,
1: which is why history is dead, because history is only alive when we keep it alive.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's only going to kill us if we keep it going. Yeah.
1: Okay, so what so what does sp- it mean to not have any separation at all? Can we get there ourselves as individuals in this lifetime?
0: Yeah, absolutely. But the one thing that you really need is tolerance. So tolerance is the complete and utter acceptance of all that is, which is only possible when we recognize the divine in all. Basically, it's
1: just like we're all expressions of the divine. It doesn't mean I have to like it or engage with it, but it's...
0: But you do you. Yeah. It's, it's the you it's, do you. It's do basically
1: you. tolerance is the... If the truth is we are divine, tolerance is recognizing we are divine.
0: Yeah. We've never known actual tolerance So as long as our world has been steeped in separation.
1: Yeah. What makes sense, I barely know tolerance now and <laughs> I feel like I'm not super separate because I can't do anything but listen, I'm in oneness in myself mm-hmm. and I respect other people. But, you know, I have to remind myself to be tolerant, like we're all God's creatures, you know, (laughs) I have to remind myself, like, you know, they are also just important as you, everyone's doing their thing, it's okay, you know, I still have to go back to that. And sometimes I still like lash out because the thing is, is that I think the one thing to add is like, being tolerant does not mean... Allow it being a walkover, being a pushover, letting yeah. people do what you want, because then in being tolerant to other people, you're no longer respecting the divine in yourself exactly. so
0: and often people's behaviors, which is also which could be reflective of their lack of tolerance or their separation
1: or karma or, or karma ego.
0: or whatever will compel them or impel them to behave in ways that is disrespectful or hurtful. Yeah, because hurt
1: people hurt people.
0: Yeah, exactly. You don't have
1: to, like, and you don't have to be hurt by the person just because they're hurting. You can have compassion that they're hurting. There are dues for you to have issues. Yeah. You know, and I really will do my best to help you work through those issues. Yeah. But those issues are not mine. And, if, and when we talk about I, thou and respect and all of that, mm-hmm. is it, it's I respect me, therefore I respect you. It's not I respect you, therefore I respect me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. So
1: we learn how to respect by respecting ourselves yes. and that gets echoed out. So the minute we start going against that in lieu of someone else and being tolerant and understanding that they're divine too, mm-hmm. we stop seeing our own divinity. And therefore the whole thing crumbles.
0: It does. We've then allowed someone else's issues to be imposed upon us where I can't, and if they cannot manage their own healing, it somehow becomes our responsibility or someone else's responsibility or the collective responsibility. It doesn't lie like that. No, no. And that's where, not that you would necessarily draw a line in the sand, but that's where the boundary lies. Yeah. Right. And
1: it's very simple. You can communicate it with love. You don't, know? or well, you don't communicate it at all. It's sometimes what I've done.
0: <laughs> exactly. You know? Again, going back to the I choose when to respond.
1: <laughs> yeah. But like, that's exactly it. It's sometimes yeah. it might just be like, this is your problem. And in my head, I've been dealing with this a lot recently. Like, actually, I recognize for myself that this is your issue. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I do not allow myself to get entangled in it emotionally, let's say. Yeah. Whereas I still coexist by you I still interact with you just in this one aspect where Mm -hmm. you still have some unhealed shit yeah I will not allow it to affect me yeah so for example if someone has a lot of guilt towards something Mm -hmm. and they try and make me feel guilty or if for example someone has an issue of let's say committing
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm not gonna you know what I mean it's all that really as long as we can keep it 's not about cutting people out of our lives it's about understanding what's ours and what's not, yeah. because going back to the beginning of what we were saying and allowing things to keep repeating and repeating and actually the pain and etc cetera, etc, cetera, we are not meant to stay constantly working on ourselves from this place of discomfort and pain no. we're not at some point it ends, yeah. and that's the one thing that we believe very strongly in that a lot of people don't because they profit off it. Mm-hmm. They profit off you being in pain. They profit mm-hmm. off you constantly soul searching. <laughs> they profit off the fact that there's <laughs> constant growth and evolution in that way. Yes. When actually at some point you are healed. Or you are healed enough.
0: Exactly. I would say you're always going you you reach a point where you're healed enough that you can live your life and that the healing work can be done alongside all the joy and happiness.
1: Yeah, where As it's just where it's just kind of more and more of it yeah. because of these tiny little bumps on the road, yeah. not huge catastrophic chasms yeah. that you fall into. Mm-hmm. But that when we think about the fact that we're all interconnected,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we always also think that we share our pain. We do not.
0: No, we don't. And I think that's really been one of the hallmarks of this present time of this like difficult and challenging shitty era that we've been living in.
1: Yeah. Which sometimes depressingly you call the dark age.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that. Really one of the greatest challenges is because victimhood has become such a thing.
1: Yeah. And responsibility for other people has become such a fucking thing too.
0: Because they throw about their victimhood. Yeah. Right? So as long as we keep staying in this or allowing this level of victimhood to be the prevailing ideology of you know, look at me and, you know, these are all the five ways in which I'm a victim, Mm. thereby forcing others to bend to that in order for them to feel that they are accepted or included, then that is somehow the hallmark of tolerance. Mm. And we're saying... or It's like everyone
1: gets a prize.
0: Everyone gets a fucking prize for breathing.
1: We do get a prize for breathing, but it doesn't mean that we're all not good at other things that other people are not. We all have our special talents. As we said in the last episode, what makes us you know unique is what it mm-hmm. is how we add to the collective. Yeah. It's not all being the same. No. But in order for us to not all be the same we have to tolerate the fact that we're not all the same. Yes. But that doesn't mean that we have to stop being who we are either. Yeah. No. And that's the thing, and like I definitely feel like it's something that you've been saying. You said in Welcome to the Jungle season two, and we've been seeing. It, and weirdly enough, we keep repeating this episode. But in some ways, you know, we do have people who look at the world the way we do. We have people who look at the world completely different, and it's not about right or wrong, or even about polarity. It feels like it's just that there are so many different people. Yes, so many different. I varieties mean, diversity. Of experiences.
0: Diversity is a, a the is one of the biggest hallmarks of humanity. Yeah. Right. I mean, yes, we talked about in the previous episode about point of essence and souls and their specialness and how everybody is that unique, but we have not been able to really understand what those unique expressions are because...
1: We don't give space for them. We
0: don't. But and but when we do, or we've been forced to there's a lack of integrity around it
1: because it's all about advocating rather than tolerating exactly as in you know we swing the pendulum to such a way that we silence everyone else Yeah. like and i'm not going to name a particular uh, movement but i think pretty much all of them apply in this case yeah, pretty much <laughs> where you know on one side we start with someone being silenced mm-hmm. and then it swings the other way so it's almost like the polar opposite is now silenced yeah and then somehow we get back to the middle but in swinging on either side of that pendulum we're silencing people. So we're yeah. still doing the same thing.
0: Yeah, we're not reaching a middle right now.
1: We're not balancing.
0: No, we're not. I mean, it, harmony requires us to find a middle ground wherever that is, right? Yeah. And as we've said, life isn't and the divine isn't about 50-50, yeah. right? There's uh, Harmony comes in a different way than that. But we won't find our way if we keep penduluming or if we keep moving from one extreme to the other. No, because we're reason- still silencing
1: people both ways.
0: And the reason we keep going from extreme to extreme is, again, because we're having to confront our separation, polarity existences and histories until we really grasp them.
1: Until we really grasp that separation and polarity is what got us here. And so it's not going to get us out. And
0: how damaging they are. And so while we are seeing and experiencing this in real time, we're having to really contend with it ourselves. And so it's... It's this kind of two-fold challenge of I'm aware of what's going on, but I need to be and remain aware of where my center is. Where is my inner harmony
1: at? Mm. What do I want to do? I don't
0: know. What do you want to do?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, basically, who am I? Yeah. What do I believe?
0: Yeah. And can I hold space for all of that bullshit and yet remain centered in who I am? And who I know myself to be. And that's the integrity that we discussed in the previous episode. And why integrity is so fucking important. Which
1: is effectively everything I do is an extension of who I am.
0: Which is an extension of the divine. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta.
1: And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.